to episode 46 of Sack King's Therapy, coming to you live right after the Nuggets game on December 29th. And with me to break down uh, what we saw from the game, Fong. Hello, yes, yes. All right, take take us home, I guess. <laughs> well, I, first off, I, I thought this game was pretty exciting, wouldn't you say? Was. It was. It was a, you know, we, we experienced everything from like the highest of highs from, the, you know, the lowest of lows. Uh, it was, <laughs> it, it was, to say it was a roller coaster does not do it justice. Oh, yeah. So starting off with the first quarter, yeah, we, the Kings had a pretty bad start. Uh, you could tell uh, by its, the defense, uh, Nuggets were getting pretty easy shots off. Uh, and also we got a lot of turnovers, which is a pretty bad sign. Would you, you say uh, to start this game? Yeah, it was sloppy to say the least. And like they were getting easy shots, like you know, without even Jokic's help really. And you know, Jokic kind of got going quick early too. Me and you were discussing, like we were texting each other, like I wouldn't double Jokic just because you know he is such a good passer. You cannot double him. Well, they they kind of started out that way, and I immediately I was just like, okay, yeah, they they need to double because <laughs> Rashad has no chance. Marvin definitely has zero. Have negative like five percent chance, and Hassan is cannot handle him on the perimeter. They had to double him, and. You know, it, you know, to mixed results, um, we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah. Well, going off our next note, uh, Kings uh, have still and will still continue to do the white full court press. And, you know, it, it worked pretty well against Jokic. Uh, of all to people, too. Like, mm-hmm. I was just like, you know, like he was the guy I was like, OK, you do not like trap him because he could see over you and he can just throw it like you can, you can see the passers. Yeah. He can make the right path. Instead, he just throws it out of bounds, which was confusing. Yeah. I mean, sometimes he, you know, uh, he does find that man. And I, in my opinion, I thought the white full court press works a lot better against their bench. But, you know, pretty good for the Kings, I got to say. Again, it's nice to just mix it up. And part of me wants to see, like, you know, uh, De'Aaron Fox at the head of the snake on that one, like literally pressing up on the on the uh, main ball handler during the like full court press and then have someone come over and double and fluster whoever the ball handler is and force turnovers. So far it hasn't like straight forced a turnover and a score. I don't think it's scored. It's kind of like, you know, slowed down the offense and, you know, forced like, you know, them to throw it out of bounds, but I don't think there's been a live ball turnover yet. Mm, Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, we already talked about the Joker, uh, Jokic, and, uh, you know, he's really getting whatever he wants, um, really backing down, like we said, uh, Bagley and Rashawn. And, you know, Hassan has, of course, you, you know, no chance in the perimeter because he's actually a, an okay three-point shooter. <laughs> yeah, see, you know, Jokic is enough of a threat to in at the three-point land so, to make it so you have to close out on him. And Hassan just does not do that well. He can kind of hold him in the post. He's really the only guy that, you know, Jokic can't move easily. But, you know, he just takes him out to the perimeter, and Hassan has no hope there. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, uh, a person that we've been missing uh, this first quarter, uh, Halliburton, and he finally checks in, I believe, like in the last like two and a half minutes of the first quarter, uh, and we'll, we'll get the two him in the second quarter because he's already starting off real good in the like last couple of minutes, I gotta say. And, you know, like they actually checked in, you know, someone that I was really surprised to see, although I really shouldn't be. Bull Bull checked in and that was uh, surprising. He's he's interesting. Um, I I don't I don't think he's going to be a good NBA player. What what are your thoughts on him? It's uh, it's tough. He's I don't know. Like he I don't think he can play any of the bigs. I think he has to play like some sort of like small forward, maybe shooting guard in a way, like that kind of play style. But there's no way he could bat down bigs. Look, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what he's gonna do. Like he, he seems more of a commodity than anything. But I will say, like literally, Halliburton was standing straight up, and Bobo had his hands on his knees and was somehow still just as tall as Tyrese. He is a very tall, lanky fella, and you know maybe he figures something out, but he seems more of a commodity and a trivial like thing than really anything functionally useful on a, a basketball court. Yeah, it's too bad, but yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, so to end the first quarter, the Kings trailed 34 to 32, uh, and also uh. Nuggets scored 24 points in the paint, while the Kings only scored 10, which is all because of Jokic, I gotta say. Yeah, so, you know, like, you're getting outscored in the paint that much, but we were keeping up. We were hitting threes, luckily. So, you know, we were only trailing by two. Oh, yeah. So, start of the second quarter, we are playing uh, some high-paced games and, you know, getting that high scoring back and forth start. And, uh... Yeah. It was exciting. It was an exciting part of the quarter. And, you know, like guys are kind of going at each other and just it's nice to see the Kings just have good ball movement consistently, you know, and like they were getting buckets and, you know, defense was, you know, a bit meh. But like, you know, they were trying out there, but Nuggets were just hitting shots and that it was a very back and forth, exciting game. Yeah. And your favorite word, the P word. Uh, yeah, very high paced. So. Oh yeah. Know. So it's always fun to see high paced basketball. I don't. I'm not a big fan of the slow it down. You know, post up game, and you know, it can be beautiful, but you know, mm-hmm. fast, fa- high pace. You know, you know, I guess high variance is usually a little bit more exciting. Yeah, for probably the first time in a while where I didn't see too much ISO. Again, they were, you know, using, you know, creating advantages. And this is kind of the effect that Halliburton just has on the team that I've noticed. You passed like an, an opening of some sort is created and how and you pass it to Halliburton and Halliburton will make the right decision, whether mm-hmm. it's to pass it to the next person or just to penetrate an attack. Like there are moments where I was like, oh, he's going to make a pass. But instead, he actually shoots it and it ends up being the right decision. He. <sighs> He is kind of that glue guy already. And I, he, you know, yeah. I'm I'm not saying he's already as good as Bogey, but like it, I feel like he adds just as much as Bogey did last year without some of the kind of ISO dribbling stuff. Oh yeah, 
I, I'm really considering that Halliburton jersey. And we, uh, we will, yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to possibly buying one too. I mean, he's gonna be a he- folk hero here <laughs> in Sacramento. Oh, oh yeah. Well, let's move on to the second quarter. Uh, Marvin Bagley hitting threes. That's a somewhat surprise uh, since um, his form is still a little choppy in my opinion. But you know, I, I believe it's his first three too, and you know, he's getting more and more comfortable out there. I, yeah. You know, again, he really I thought I was I think I said he hadn't played since March. No, he hadn't played since January, basically. And he's really kind of getting into a groove and he's good, you know, yeah. and it's good to see him just being healthy out there. Yeah, he hit two frees this game. And uh, I think he also tried hitting two more, but those were just totally heat checks. But, you know. If he's getting hot, you know, why not? Might as well try, right? Again, he he's still trying to feel his way out there. And, you know, the three-point shot I don't think will be a go-to weapon for him. But, like, it's kind of one of those things where, like, he is very good at getting downhill and being kind of that, you know, uh, coast-to-coast threat. That I think if he just can hit it at around, like, say, 33%, I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. Let's see, going off to Halburn, uh well Halburn had his second, I guess, overall turnover, which is just a failed pass to Corey Joseph, which I guess, you know, a little funny, but you know, it's rookie mistakes. What can you say? I wouldn't even say that was even his mistake. Corey just wasn't there for some reason. It was like kind of like he was kind of moving in that direction. All of a sudden he just wasn't. And then like Halliburton throws it and he just isn't ready for it for some yeah. reason. I don't even think that was Halliburton's fault. I think it was more Corey than anything. I see. Uh, well, you know, it happens. Like yeah. it's it's not a big deal. But, you know, that Halliburton's assist the turnover ratio is pretty ridiculous right now. And, you know, it's going to go down, come back down to earth. But. Like he he is just projecting to be a very like the main thing I was worried about him coming in was that he was going to make a lot of rookie mistakes. He's not doing that. He's playing under control and somehow still being effective. And it's great to see. Oh, yeah. So let's see. So Kings. uh, Yeah. Would need more ball pressure on defense. uh, Would you say? Oh, yeah. So basically the Kings were starting to kind of get a little bit of a lead, a teeny bit of separation. And you could see that the Nuggets were a teeny bit flustered. They actually looked kind of tired. They're on a second of back to back. So it kind of makes sense. By the way, Joe Malmori didn't play this game. So that, so Jokic literally had to create everything. So at this <laughs> point, you, I felt that there was kind of a kind of a vulnerability uh, with the Nuggets. And I felt that, you know, like Jokic. Like, I, I think it was Jokic. He kind of threw a very lazy pass that just, you know, that to his, I think it was Will Barton. And I was thinking, like, you know, had Rashawn just pushed up a little bit, he would have gotten that ball. And then that's why, that's why I'm saying, like, they need to put a little bit more pressure on the defense because they looked gassed already. And I was like, I'm smelling a little bit of blood. You got to kind of go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be nice to see. Uh, let's see. Uh, another person that we've been talking about in the recent days is Buddy Heald, and he's still playing more defense. 
Yeah, and like there, there, I think it was a was it was in this quarter where he basically slapped the ball out of Gary Harris's hands. Gets all uh-huh. oh no, it was no, it was Monte Morris or I, Will Barton. Uh, I don't remember which one. Oh, but. he 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 has done it a few times uh, with different people, I'd say. Anyways, he he slaps the ball out of out of I think it was Monte Morris's hand, and you know they get the steal. He dives on the floor for the ball, and again, I just don't ever remember him doing this last year. And it leads to a dunk on the other end. And again, this continued effort is going to make him, you know, stick in the starting lineup. I, I saw Tony Jones of the Utah Jazz who covers the, uh, yeah, who covers the Utah Jazz on the athletic. He was asking, like, why isn't Halliburton starting? But it's hard to actually start Halliburton right now just because Buddy is playing so well. You know, mm-hmm. the issue with Buddy last year wasn't his offense. Well, part of it was his offense, but, he, you know, his defense was terrible. Right? You know, the uh, you know the awareness was really bad. The effort wasn't there. But, like, this year, I wouldn't really vouch for his awareness just yet, but he's putting in the effort. He's putting in the hustle. He's making plays out there. And that's good. And, you know, he, he deserves that starting spot right now. Oh, yeah. You could really tell that his offense has – greatly improved from the bubble including his not playmaking but his passing his passing for sure has gone a lot better let's see moving on well we're getting really good ball movement even without Howie which is surprising because uh, uh, it didn't seem that way in the previous few games I'd say and uh, yeah I was even oh sorry Oh, I mean, yeah, I was just going to say that we're getting those uh, actually good shots for once. Yeah, like, I I, I mean, this is kind of st- stupid of me to think, but like when Fox checked in and Halliburton like checked to the bench, I, I was thinking like, ooh, you might want Halliburton in there because he triggers the ball movement. But no, like Fox checked in and it, they basically picked off right where Halliburton left, left off. You know, they kept getting great shots, getting great ball movement. And it was wonderful to see. And, you know, like the Kings need to learn this, learn to do this in more extended stretches, but it basically opened up the game for them. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned that the Kings need to smell blood and go for the kill. Well, well, Jokic did throw a ball ahead to Michael Porter Jr. And, of course, Michael Porter Jr. was just so oblivious and wasn't even paying attention that he uh <laughs> Jokic pretty much threw it to no one and yes. uh and, the turnover yeah and those moments are the, the you know what we'll, I'll get into it at the very end but you know it was right there for the for the taking that the game needed to kind of end essentially right there because get you know Jokic looked flustered you know Michael Porter Jr. looked a little bit kind of frustrated the team was a bit like disconnected that was the moment you need to seize up on that the Kings needed to seize up on and just, you know, end the game in the second quarter, not even yeah. give the Nuggets a chance to come back. And, you know, they need to learn to, to uh, you know, seize these moments. And, you know, uh, ultimately they did end up finishing the quarter, you know, up 12, 74 to 62. And with bat, you know, led by Bagley, Bagley was amazing in this quarter, just getting buckets all like all over the, uh, all over the Nuggets. And, yeah, it, it was it's just great to see, you know, uh Bagley play well, you know, after just a long extended uh his injury ridden season. Mhm. Yeah. Well, that's the first half and I got to say that was a pretty fun half. Now, 
the second half, which the one quarter that I dislike from this game, and that's the third quarter. Well, the Kings start the quarter well, but we somehow blew that double-digit lead. Yeah. A lot of it was just, you know, the Kings, like, their offense stopped running. And, you know, some shots start start to kind of, you know, break and rim out. And, you know, like, the defense start to fall apart. And, you know, Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. got real comfortable out there. <laughs> and that's really what it was. It was just we started to lose focus. Uh, and we basically let, the, let them right back in. And they actually took the lead and actually got a 10-point lead at one point. And game looked over at that point. Uh, no, oh. we did we did fight back. And that that was good to see. But, you know, the big the big thing I wanted I, you can take away from this. And we're not going to talk about it too much because it was a pretty dark half. And there wasn't really any other explanation as as to why. But, you know, shots just weren't falling. And, you know, Jokic got comfortable. Porter, Porter Jr. just start hitting threes over people. It's, there's not much you can do when Porter's just hitting shots because, you know, 6'10", high release. You know, a bucket getter and, you know, no fear <laughs> that that kid has no fear and just shooting over people. So but the main takeaway is they need to learn a way to extend leads because they had a 12 point lead and they just blew it. And the, the Nuggets ended up getting a 10 point lead. But Kings were able to fight back and, you know, cut the lead down to four uh, to start the uh, fourth quarter. Yeah, it's still saddening, to say the least. Yeah. So. Like you said, Kings trail 100 to 96, while Nuggets scored 38 to 22 to our 22. Uh, moving on to the fourth quarter, where you know things you know start to pick up and uh, end a lot better than I have expected. Uh, Fox is really taking over this quarter for sure, and uh, it was that weird step back free that you have mentioned that you were kind of eh, uh, iffy about, you know. I'm just yeah. not a fan of any three from him. That's not a spot up three because let's be honest, Fox is a pretty terrible three point shooter right now, and him taking a step back, it's gonna make me queasy just because again, not a good three point shooter, and I don't want him to take anything other than a spot up three. Mm-hmm. He hit it, and it basically keyed like the comeback. Yeah, he he definitely ran like. He he definitely ran this uh, quarter for sure. Like he kept on driving to the rim, getting those layups, even you know getting those couple fouls that went to easy points. Yeah, and he was hitting his free throws this game. So like you know that that really shows the kind of the growth in terms of kind of the leadership, and like he he kind of balanced. You know they he, they took him out like very shortly in the middle of the fourth quarter because they didn't want to gas him out. But it shows that he, he can be that leader who sets the tone for everyone. And, you know, everyone just kind of followed his lead after that. You know, Halliburton hit a three after, like, I think he got the offensive rebound. And basically, the, you know, the Kings just took over from there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this quarter was a pretty big back and forth game in the, like, beginning uh, of this fourth quarter. And, you know, both teams were really hustling and, you know, diving on the floor for that ball. Uh, I forgot the moment. You know, you know, like your your favorite of mine, Buddy Heald, was the one that was diving on the on the floor for it. I don't remember again. I don't remember ever doing this last year. There is a renewed, you know, attitude with him, and it's 
and it's another big part of keying like these kinds of big you know big comebacks and big runs that we go on mm-hmm. i know uh let's see another thing you have mentioned is rashawn holmes floater is like an and one move <laughs> and what i mean by that is it's kind of like in 2k where like you have like a signature kind of animation essentially and when you activate that that signature animation on like a layup, it will always go in basically. All That's right. Rashawn Holmes's floater. <laughs> For some reason, he just makes that floater, and it's yeah. it looks weird. It doesn't look great by any means, and like it just goes in. Oh yeah. What do I know? <laughs> there there was even one where he was uh floating it from the baseline from like you know four feet away, and somehow did not use the backboard. It's yeah, yeah it was crazy. That floater is it's an it's basically automatic. It's like it's as automatic as a buddy heel open three. I remember the first season Rashawn Holmes was with the Kings and he had a really high percentage field goal percentage. I think he led the league for a short time because of it. He had like like high seventy percent field goal percentage just because of his floaters and dunks alone. Which kind of well, you know, he know he doesn't really shoot outside of the paint all that much, so yeah, oh, it yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that that one shot that he tried to uh, kind of yeah <laughs> bricked out. Uh, one uh, thing that uh, King's Twitter was complaining about online, uh, well, they were complaining a lot, complaining a lot about Corey Joseph, and you know, like Marvin uh, also wasn't in at all after I think the six minute mark of the third quarter. Now, of course, you know, whenever. Marvin's going to stay out for an extended period of time. It's, you know, it leads to injury concerns, but he seems okay from what we've seen. And, you know, I think, I think it's a minutes restriction thing where they're trying to ease him back in. You know, he did have COVID. So like, you know, there's probably fears of like possible kind of lung, lung issues possibly. So like, they don't want to, you know, push him too much. So yeah. Don't worry about him getting injured. And I don't, I'm pretty sure it wasn't an injury because he looks fine. He was on the bench and everything. If he was in the locker room and we, we didn't see him on the bench, I would be a little concerned. Oh, yeah. Well, knock on wood anyway, just in case. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do call it? We mentioned about Bagley and, you know, how he hit. A, how, how, how many feet do you think he hit that three-point? I would say at least five feet feet behind the line. And that was basically the, the beginning of the end for the Nuggets because the game was tight because, uh, you know, it, I think it was at the two minute mark. And, you know, we had I don't remember the lead we had, but it was a pretty substantial amount. And that was basically the nail in the co- not the nail in the coffin yet, but it was a dagger. And it basically kind of the Nuggets didn't recover from that. And, you know, as much as I kind of crap poo poo on his shooting form, it goes in. So what what yeah. do I know, <laughs> you know, and again, way behind the line and it just went in and kind of just basically deflated the entire Nuggets team. And uh, Fox comes back a few possessions later and basically, com- you know, hits the hits the dagger to, I think, go up nine. And it was game and it was game over after that. Oh, yeah. I think uh, during that point, um, the Nuggets had a oh, man, I think they had almost a four minute drought at that time, which, you know. understandable just because like second night of back-to-back you had a good quarter and then you just kind of they had a great third quarter and then just ran out of gas basically yeah and you know it it can happen and you know like i look at i look at their stat line you know um 
Okay, so Jokic had what's called a, I think a, a quadruple, uh, basically a quad double with turnovers. I, I totally blanking on what it's called now, but uh, basically he was their only real creator on the team, and like he's the only one that can set up other guys on the on the team. Michael Porter Jr. is their other creator, but he doesn't create for others. And Michael Porter Jr. scored well in this game. Jokic scored pretty well this game. And, you know, had uh, 12 assists, but they those were the only two creators. And the guy that they really needed this game was Jamal Murray. And unfortunately, he just he wasn't available to play. You know, somebody needs to kind of take take on some of that playmaking duty away from Jokic, who just had to do too much. And on a second night of a back to back, they just gassed out in the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah. Credit to the Kings' defense as well for limiting limiting them to 15 po- points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, but you know all the, all the credit in the world to the Kings for this. Yeah, and... Probably the first of many games and of many fun games, hopefully too. It was like it was a very exciting game. A lot of people brought up that Halliburton 35 footer. Like, imagine if fans were in the stands for that. The, the arena would explode, would have exploded for that. And oh, yeah. it's too bad that we're not going to get fans. I don't I don't think we're getting fans for this season, unfortunately. But, you know, when fans come back in, they're, they're going to love Halliburton. Oh, yeah. Well, well, so, you know, my main takeaway from this game is that, you know, we'll, we'll get the bat out of the way first. Now, if, it was um, it was great that they were able to get the 10-point, the 12-point lead going into the half. That that was, you know, a combination of beautiful ball movement and just patient shot creating and tough defense. And, and they built that lead. And as I said, they, they should have smelled blood like the, the Nuggets looked pretty done in the second quarter, but they let them back in at the beginning of the third quarter, actually the entire third quarter. Kings need to be able to extend leads when they get to double digits, because this kind of happens. This happened a lot last year, too. And where they just get a lead and they kind of take their foot off the gas pedal and they just let the and they for no reason just let the other team back in. And they need to be able to learn how to smell blood and go for the kill. And, you know, luckily they were able to kind of come back at the end. Like It's great on them for being able to kind of capitalize on the opportunities that were there, you know, thanks to Fox, thanks to Fox and Halliburton. But they, they need this is something they need to work on. And they need to be able to maintain that level of play that they had in the second and third quarters because, you know, a, a bad third quarter like that is usually death and usually leads to a loss. And last year, it probably would have led to a loss. This is very reminiscent of the Washington and Knicks game uh, in Golden 1 where basically they got big leads and just blew it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's something to work on. But, you know. To move to the positives, like Fox is taking a step into being that leader who sets the tone for all of us. And Halliburton, you know, again, I just love how he never forces things, but is able to create and make the right decisions and to be able to find like, you know, open people, open, uh, you know, open teammates. Like when I just I don't see anything and he just creates something out of nothing. And he does. And it's not forceful. And he's a great decision maker. I, I couldn't ask for anything more from Halliburton. And, you know, big positive. And, you know, Buddy Heald setting the tone on defense, like diving on the floor multiple times during the game for the ball. And, again, we didn't see this from last year. And it's a huge change that – it's a huge boost to the Kings uh, 
that he's able to play that way. And Marvin Bagley showing dimensions on offense. These are all good things. But the Kings do need to be able to come together as a team and extend leads and go for the kill. That's what I'm going to be looking for looking for on these next few games you know this was a this was a good team that was on a second night of a back-to-back and it shouldn't have been as hard as it was to close them out well that's very well spoken uh i have nothing else to say about this game because you pretty much explained it in uh, your analogy uh do you have anything else left to say uh no, nothing else um you, you wrote you uh, reminded me here, uh, Bucks set, apparently set the three, uh, record for threes in a game with 29. They destroy the Miami Heat, uh, getting some some assortment of revenge against you know the Miami Heat from last year, who basically absolutely wrecked them. <laughs> uh, but you know it, you know it's a, I guess it's right that they come back after this after losing to the goddamn Knicks of all teams. So <laughs> you know. You know, good good for the good for the Bucks. They're they're my actually no, they're not my favorites to come out of the East. But you know, they're they're gonna be a tough team to go up against in the East. Yep, we'll have to see who they'll face against, I guess. Yeah, and you know, again, a great game uh t- today, and I'm so happy we were able to stay up and watch it. Uh, you know, hopefully there's more games like this. And you know, this is the first time we've been three and one since 2014, 2015. And, you know, only all, all positive vibes right now in, in Kingsland, and hopefully this keeps this continued. Are you still considering going uh, for a good record or, you know, just a decent one to uh, get into the draft? Look, I, I still am very skeptical of us having any chance at the playoffs. And as long as we don't make the playoffs, we have a chance at a high pick. So as I'm, I'm okay with us just winning games. I don't want to be that guy that like, oh, we should, we should definitely tank. Like, you know, we shouldn't just chase the eighth seed or the tenth seed at this point. But you know, I'm, you know, I, I just want good basketball. And right now, the Kings are providing me good basketball, and I, I can't complain about that. Kay Cunningham looks nice, but you know, like, I think. I, we don't have to bottom out to get to get to the number one spot or get the, one of those, you know, franchise changers in this upcoming draft. All right. I think that's about it for this podcast. Yeah. So, you know, uh, let's see. The next game will be Kings at Houston against probably James Ooh. Harden if he's not traded by then. Um, <laughs> probably John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins if they cleared COVID-19 protocol. Or whatever skeleton crew they can come up with, basically, because that's what they're really running with at this point. Yeah, I mean they still have Woods, so. I mean, yeah. Cool. But that's <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, sure. That's not gonna hold against. Well, I guess that's it. Well, we'll see you guys later. Yeah, uh, we'll catch you guys on the next game. Um, hopefully, we should be able to be we should be able to do an episode right after. Um, what what day is that? So it's a Thursday, so we should be able to watch it. It's at 4 p.m. That actually might be tricky. We might not be able to watch the game live. Yeah, we'll have to see. All right, well, hopefully we will be able to see you guys uh, on Thursday, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how the schedule breaks out. Oh, yeah. We'll see you guys.